0: Welcome to Reading Between the Reels. I'm Craig Dickinson.
1: And I'm Matt Leader. Today on the show, we are taking a look at Army of Darkness, directed by Sam Raimi. So,
0: Craig, what are some of your thoughts? Uh, Matt, I love this movie. <laughs> I didn't see this movie until it had been out for a while. Uh, I remember seeing the trailer in the theater, and I watched the trailer recently, too, just to try and refresh my memory of how I felt first time in the theater. And the trailer horrible. It really is super cheesy, uh, as is the movie, but the movie is not terrible, at least not in a bad way. And uh, yeah, I, I don't watch it super frequently. I just happen to have watched it twice in the last couple of months because I watched it recently with my son and then it was like, oh, I want to do this movie for the show. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and there's some really interesting things, uh, I think, uh, filmmaking wise in this film as well. So what about you, Matt? What are your, uh, some of your overall thoughts?
1: So this is the first time I've ever seen Army of Darkness. And uh, I hadn't even seen Evil Dead. Um, and I think there's like an Evil Dead 2. Is that right?
0: Yeah, this is actually Evil Dead 3. 3.
1: Yeah. And so you you had pitched this idea. And like, I've seen parts of Evil Dead. And I believe Evil Dead 2, but never watched the full movie. So I was like, you know, I'm I'm up for whatever, but... I haven't seen the, the previous ones. So is that going to be a problem? And I remember you saying like, no, not really. And I see yeah. why now. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. It was not what I was expecting because it's nothing like what I remember from Evil Dead. Nice. Uh, at the same time, it's, it's, it's an absolutely horrible film in the best way possible. Uh, in the in the sense of like I had no idea where it was going, but I was along with the ride, and the effects were not good, but the badness of them made them like hilarious, so I it was like it's a good film, it's a good, bad film, yeah,
0: yeah, they set out to make a bad film and succeeded, yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the effects, you know, there's like the Ray Harryhausen stop motion skeletons and stuff like that. It's very much, uh, kind of an homage to that, like Jason and the Argonauts thing. Mm, yeah. uh, um, it's, it's definitely cheaply made. Um, but I think it would be, it wouldn't really work. You know, it's so tongue in cheek. I don't know if it'd work if it looked better than it does. So that's part of its charm. I think.
1: It's definitely part of the charm. Like, thinking about that i think you probably could but it wouldn't have the same magic as right. like the the cheesy skeletons you know and and maybe maybe it would maybe you could make a modern modern day version of this um but it definitely you know now that you mentioned like jason and the argonauts it's de- it reminds me of that a lot now um it it's got a very I don't want to say like '80s vibe because I, there's plenty of movies in the '80s that have good effects, <laughs> but it's like it feels like it's from an older time, but at the same time, more modern in the sarcasm, if it, you know if that's the right word. Yeah. Where yeah. it's it's pretty biting, like in a funny way, but it's a pretty
0: biting humor. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, you know you mentioned that you hadn't seen any of the other movies before maybe pieces of it i'm trying to remember the order that i saw it and i believe i saw evil dead 2 dead by dawn first and then this and then went back and watched the original evil dead because in the late 90s when i saw these films like it was vhs and kind of hard to come by and when there wasn't any streaming so i think that was the biggest reason we waited uh my roommates my college roommates and i had waited to see evil dead was, it was hard to find you just couldn't find it anywhere, and mm-hmm. that's just not the case anymore. Um, but of course, you get that great clips. There's some uh, some footage from Evil Dead 2 at the beginning of this right. film, so that does kind of catch you up too. And you have the the voiceover exposition to skip down there just a tiny little bit. That they do have enough. That's why I knew you'd be able to catch up pretty quickly. Plus, it doesn't really matter. If no, it doesn't at all. Really, <laughs> it's fairly self-contained. Yeah, uh, in that regard. Did you have? Uh, Cinema. I think cinematography is great in this film. I think it's really interesting. It's by, it's by Bill Pope, who we've talked about before. He did, you know, he did the Matrix trilogy, and he, um, he worked on Spider-Man 2 uh, and 3. So we've talked about him before. He also did uh, Shang-Chi, and he's going to do the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. So I'm a big fan of his work. There's a lot of interesting things that he's done. Um, anything that jumped out to you regarding cinematography?
1: Yeah. And for me, this, that was the most like interesting part of the movie from like an analysis perspective was the cinematography because it was so unexpected. Um, The big thing for me was how energetic the camera was. It was all over the place. It had way too much caffeine. It was jumping around, like bouncing off the walls there were zoom ins, there were zoom outs. It was like jerking left and jerking right. Um, the most unusual part was following the arrows. Like there's multiple <laughs> times when they follow arrows, or I think it's a fork, but it's basically like a, a pitchfork, right? And and uh, Ash throws it, and, and like it follows that. There's shots that I could only describe it right now as like GoPro shots. Where yeah. you have a tiny camera attached to the projectile and you watch it in like a first person perspective, like flying at somebody and then it hits them. I can't remember a movie doing that. So it's, it was like that really woke me up as as far as like this is really different. This is not something I'm used to.
0: Yeah, that arrow shot is is definitely one of the ones that that I pulled out too. And it looks like it's almost like they have somebody running with the mm-hmm. just out of frame, running yeah. with The arrow to follow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how how can we do this arrow in a really interesting way? And like, you know, it looks like a kid could do that. You know, it's like a yeah. homemade movie, you could do that. But it's it's definitely something you don't see. And so it it just kind of jumps off the screen. Uh, you also have, and this is a thing that you would had you seen the earlier movies too, the kind of the way they do the the evil, right? It, that they hear this like howling sound and then it's just first person running. All you see is like, like the camera is following Ash or whoever it's following and kind of swinging back and forth and like, that's the way they portray like the big bad in these films. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's a pretty interesting and immersive way to do that.
1: Yeah, that I actually do remember that from, from the earlier films of what I've seen of them. So, like, but that's still like pretty unusual like Mm -hmm. cinematography. That's not something that's pretty common not that i can remember i do feel like it reminds me I, I see the resemblance between the horror scene in spider-man 2 uh also directed by Raimi, and mm-hmm. the evil dead franchise like right
0: that it the doc Ock operating table thing. yes
1: yeah, yeah that definitely feels familiar
0: yeah and you know i wonder and I'm assuming that it is. that A lot of this stuff is is because it's cheap. Like they, they originally come up with that, you know, the evil chasing chasing you vibe, first person thing in the original Evil Dead, which is very much on the cheap. I mean, this movie was like $11 million and that was a lot of money they spent on an Evil Dead movie. And it's kind of like the Jaws phenomenon, right? Like the less we see, the better. Mm-hmm. It just kind of comes out of necessity. We don't have the money to make a creature. And it would probably look dumb anyway. So let's do this. And arguably the creature they have does look dumb. So. (laughs) Oh yeah. Most definitely. It's either a puppet or a stop motion. Action figure thing. Yeah. Um, One thing that I loved about this movie because I'm just a stickler for this um, uh, composition wise was that at the end, the army of the deadites attack from the right. That just made me so happy (laughs) because I'm such a stickler for that. I'm like, yes, just like on Hoth. There it is. Because the bad guys come from the right and the good guys come from the left. That's how it's supposed to look. Yeah,
1: yeah. I gotta say, if I ever make a movie, I'm gonna do the opposite. Just, just
0: for you, you and Ryan Johnson. Darn it. <laughs> just have a reason for it. That's fine. Just have a reason. But yeah, I love the snap zooms, um, especially the one where he's putting his glove together and, and oh it's yeah. groovy. Yeah, that's just beautiful.
1: And that's what that's in my opinion one of the the better lines. Um. Like that, that moment when he's, he, cause again, the power glove is just something totally unexpected. Like I was not, I mean, the chainsaw for hand, that was unusual, but sure. Kind of clues me in. Right. But then it was like, I, again, it, it was just escalating into level, different levels of weirdness that I wasn't expecting. Uh, and the groovy, uh, it reminds me of, of Dinja saying wizard, right. In the Mandalorian, sure. where it's just like, yeah. okay,
0: that that's a good line. I like that. Just cheesy enough to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of close-ups in this too. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot to see on the outside. Again, made on the cheap. A lot of close-ups of Ash's face. I really liked when he gets out of the pit and he's just kind of stalking back and forth, looking for somebody else to fight. That It, it kind of swings back. The camera kind of swings back and forth and he's going like left to right. Um, and he's magnetic. I mean, he's Bruce Campbell is absolutely not an A-list star, but in these type of films, like he owns the screen. He's super charismatic and uh, he's, he may be the best special effect in the film.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the, the close-ups, the, you mentioned it, the, the snap zooms. Normally I'm not like a big fan of that. And, um, Zack Snyder, I think does that a lot or has done it a lot in in his work and it really doesn't work for me, but for whatever reason, it, it did work for me in this film. I think it's like the campiness of it, the cheesiness of it and the snap zooms feel cheesy to me. And so like it, it all kind of blended together. So like it, that worked.
0: And, you know, they have, there's kind of a sound effect that goes with that too. Like it's always, there's like a zoom sound when everybody's mm-hmm. doing that too, just to kind of segue in, into sound effects, unless you had anything else cinematography-wise that you wanted to mention. We've talked a lot about the camera movements being super dynamic, lots of Dutch angles, which I always love Dutch angles, but. Yeah. What about sound? Um, Just the
1: sound of like, um, of like the. What is it, the shotgun that he has?
0: Yes. The when, boomstick. Yeah, the,
1: the boomstick. Um I'll be honest, like the the music in this movie totally washed right over me. And yeah. and I think that's because like the cinematography, the weirdness of the film, I I found myself getting just kind of lost and being like, what is gonna happen next? <laughs> and and the soundtrack, it it flew right over me. Like uh, you know, I think it was fine, but it that was definitely playing second fiddle to the weirdness that was happening on the screen for me.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the gun. Was there something about the gun that just that, that it was
1: um, it, it, like when you think about like a joke and you have like comedic timing? Yeah. This this was sort of that joke where the 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 gun is that comedy because it's like unexpected. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the Indiana Jones. Um, when he pulls out the pistol and shoots the guy with the sword. Right. It's kind of the same scene, really. Like when you, when I think about it where it's like the guy's got the sword and you're like, okay, what, what's, what's Ash going to do? And then bam. Yeah. Sword, you know, cuts, it's cut in half. And it's just like, so it's like using that sound as kind of the comedy right there.
0: Absolutely. And it's super loud. Yeah. Cause it's the only gun like in medieval times, of course, and, but I, it feels like they've just cranked it up to eleven. Yeah, as well. It's super loud. Yes.
1: Well, it's just like it's a fun use of sound effects as the punchline.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned Indiana Jones too, which is kind of funny because I, I thought when he's in the pit at the beginning and he uses his belt to wrap it around oh, that yeah. chain and pulls him, up, it very much sounded like you know the Indiana Jones whip. The whip. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of fun. There's also some. Kind of Three Stooges sound effects in there, like when he's getting his eyes poked and stuff in the graveyard. Uh, there's like the bird circling around the head sound effect, and of course you get like the train whistle. Uh, it's like it's a cartoon. It's a live action cartoon, right? It Where really I, at the is. end, Evil Ash recognizes he's going to just get exploded. The train whistle and the top of his head pops up. And, yeah, you don't know what's coming. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it's everything. a wild ride. <laughs> Everything's in play, uh, and we also mentioned. Um, you know, under vocal sounds, the, the voiceover at the beginning and at the end. Um, I always love that. My name is Ash. It's, it's so serious. Uh, and then I love the end. The end is my favorite part of the movie, which I'll get down to when I talk about dialogue. But I just love how he wraps it up with that. And, of course, that's not, you know, this is a good time, as, as any, to mention that this is not the director's cut. You know, Sam Raimi, his preferred version, does not have that ending. Hmm. There's a different ending where, so you've not seen it. So no. minor spoiler. Um, so he, you know, he drinks the juice and supposed to say the words and he messes them up again. Uh, but this time he oversleeps like hundreds of years and wakes up in a cave and he's just like, Oh no, I overslept. And that's how it ends oh, versus okay. we get another fight. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm like, that's my, that's my favorite part. Whatever. Yeah. what about, uh, performance? Anything that stood out to you? I mean, yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> everything. everything, everything, very, very melodramatic. Yeah. Everything. And you talk about our sledding scale, but that's, that's the movie we're doing.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's like a perfect, this movie is a perfect example of like static and melodramatic aren't necessarily bad, but it's gotta be right. like in the right kind of movie. This is the kind of movie where it's like that over the top melodramatic acting works perfectly it complements the comedy of the film and everyone is hamming it up uh just regally and and like i can't think of a single actor who's not being at least a little hammy and i can't blame them like taking a look at the movie i can only imagine what it was like making it where it's just like they're taking a giant swing at, at a plastic skeleton or plaster skeleton, you know? And it's like, how's that going to look? I don't know, you know?
0: Just go over the top. Like,
1: do your best. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I did think that, you know, as much as they didn't spend a lot of money, the costuming is pretty good. I thought it felt fairly authentic. And I think that the evil Ash makeup is is pretty fun. You know, it kind of looks like he's got road rash because he took a shotgun blast to the face. (laughs) Kind of like a raisin. Uh, it's kind of disgusting, and I always enjoy that the stretched faces when he's trying to retrieve the book, and that one mm-hmm. like sucks him down, and he pulls himself up, and then it's a yeah. great gag too, great sight gag, and like he's fine except for his face is like three feet long, right, or what have you, and then he shakes and it changes multiple times. So those are fun. I'm wondering though, since this is your first time watching this, did you have a favorite quote or not, or other quotes I should say, because of course you had something you liked,
1: you know this is one of those movies that I I don't feel like is super quotable for me. Okay. <laughs>
0: That's fine. You've only seen it one time. Yeah.
1: And it, and again, like it's, it's one of those movies where it's kind of overwhelming the first time you watch it. Like there's a lot going on and things are coming out of left field, like crazy. Like there's a, there was a lot to handle and try and like maintain like, active viewing of like what was going on. Um, I love the groovy line. Um, I love the um, good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's right at the end when he's talking to that um, in the S smart, the lady where he's like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's, there's that kind of deadpan, sarcastic biting humor. Um, I think like, I don't want to say the script is like good, but it it's like super effective in like that, like crazy humor of like bringing us into kind of King Arthur's court, but like super violent, bloody, but like in a funny kind of way, if that makes sense.
0: No, totally. Uh, and what's funny too is, you know, characterization wise that Ash, uh, Bruce Campbell's character has evolved very much from the first movie, but not in, in like a natural way. Like he's very much, uh, you know, very callow and very, very scared of what's happening and totally un- unaware of what's happening in the first movie. And then the second movie, he is kind of at the beginning and you see even see in the uh, kind of the flashback scene and where he's talking over the exposition at the beginning where he, you know, he takes off his own hand. So he's kind of manned up at this point. You're like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And then by the time you get to the third movie, it's just like he has completely thrown the switch to like, now I'm Rambo,
1: Madman,
0: yes. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, he's super brave. He's still an idiot. Yeah. But that hasn't changed. Um, but the stuff that comes out of his mouth is like, this was not Ash when I first met him. And so that just slayed me. Like, the hello, Mr. Fancy Pants line is, is amazing. And just going off about like, this is my, you know, this is my boomstick. It's a twelve gauge double barrel Remington. Smart stop at the line rattles off this whole list of things. Like he's still trying to sell the gun, <laughs> um, which is amazing. But then you have just little little tidbits here where, you know, that first he's in the castle before he gets his hand, and then that old woman is possessed. She's like, "I'll swallow your soul," and he's like, "Come get some." It's just like eighties action hero,
1: super cheesy,
0: super cheesy. Give me some sugar, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. <laughs> going for it you know absolutely but yeah and that last line you're talking about she's like who the hell are you and he's like name's ash housewares
1: yeah okay (laughs) and that's kind of what i mean like of it's not like quotable like it's not these are not things i would say in my real life but it's still they're still funny like there's still like good jokes and gags and stuff and and maybe some of that is also because like i'm not as familiar with the
0: first two yeah, there's going to be a lot of memes that'll make a lot more sense now. <laughs> Cause there are things like hail to the king, baby, you know, little things that you, you see these things that just keep popping up, uh, over and over again. But yeah, it's, I don't know if it's quotable as much as it just, it, every time I watch, I'm like, okay, he's going for it. Yeah. Like there's, he's just chewing scenery and, and he's putting it like out he said, there. Good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. You mentioned that earlier. Just, you know, the, probably the worst line in the film. Um, you know, she said that when she gets possessed, when Sheila gets possessed, she says, "I may be bad, but I feel good." <laughs> like that's just so bad. But it, you know, it's.
1: But also again, it's kind of so bad enough that it works. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a groaner, but it's amazing. <laughs> uh, anything else? Performance before we talk about uh, setting and design.
1: Um, I mean, I think that the the setting and design matches the acting which it feels over the top to me. Uh, There's like the fountain of blood when whoever that first person is gets thrown into the pit. So it's like you can't, you can't, it's all this kind of crazy mix of just crazy. Um, The the setting itself, I was not expecting (laughs) King Arthur's Court um, I was, I was expecting something cabin in the woods.
0: <laughs> right. Which is what the first two movies are. And then I kept
1: waiting for that to go back. And I was like, no, this is just going to be in King Arthur's court. Like that's, that's the movie. It's like, okay. I mean, it, yeah. it's like a weird version and weird in the, uh, not in a bad sense, but like unusual, you know, supernatural, weird, uh, twisted kind of version of, of King Arthur's court because you got the monsters and the skeletons, and you know, the do they call it the necro- Necronomicon in it? Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, so it's like this twisted, weird version of King, Ar- King Arthur's court. You mentioned, uh, you felt like the costuming was pretty good. I thought it was fine. Um, I, I wasn't particularly blown away by it, but again, um, and my wife walked in uh, on me watching it, and she has never seen it. And she goes, "Is this Monty Python and the Holy Grail?" <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it kind of feels like that. Like a little, little bit. Yeah, like a cousin. Not, uh, not particularly like great. Like in like a traditional cinematic sense, but it works for what they're doing.
0: I meant to mention this earlier but you mentioned, you know, the King Arthur's court thing. Is that I thought the music and while it was kind of just wallpaper, didn't really stand out too much, but when I'm listening for it really intentionally is that it does have kind of like a traditional medieval movie trope like Robin Hood or or Ivanhoe and some of those things where lots of horns and woodwinds that it mm-hmm. it's trying to kind of borrow from that classic Hollywood feel for that to kind of make you buy in. Um for, for the setting, which is very clearly in California, I can't not <laughs> see California. You know, there's one castle. That's all we get to see. Yeah. And then just like this forest and the, even the trees. And like, yeah, those, uh, those yeah, I've, I, yeah, that's not, that's not California. medieval England. That's California, which is fine. Except for like that stuff with a huge moon. That's clearly on a set. Yeah. But that's fine. Cause it's supposed to be cheesy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even howl at the moon for crying out loud. <laughs> It's like two buildings. So it's like a castle and a, you know, windmill. Right.
1: Again, I, th- I think the, the setting works because it's not very great. <laughs> and like, and I don't mean that in a bad way, you know, and that's, that's where it's kind of like tough with this movie where it's, it's a good, bad film. It's bad. It like, it doesn't look great, but that kind of lends itself to the fun of it. Cause you don't take it. Seriously, and the movie isn't taking itself seriously. Uh, um, there was the moment, you know, j- you know, because we're it, it's tangential, but it's talking about props, uh, where he's fighting down in the pit, and like there's like a random person who pops up out of the water or something like that, and starts fighting Ash, and then someone like throws the chainsaw down. Yep, and he like jumps up like Power Ranger style. And like punches. Yep. And it lands exactly on his hand. And it like clicks into his hand. And I'm just like, they know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. They know what they're doing. This is cheesy as hell. It's bad. But that's okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then he lops off that creature's hand and it flies up and lands on the person's mouth. Yep.
1: And everyone laughs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, for for props, of course, you had the Necronomicon, actually three of them right? Mm-hmm. Chainsaw, you have the boomstick. I love the, the scene with the kettle full of boiling water. That's cause that makes a lot of sense. Like the little tiny ash went down his throat. And so he just decides to pour boiling water down his throat <laughs> to, to get him. Yeah. Uh, or like pry his face off the stove or the, or the, <laughs> off the fireplace. Yeah. The high school chemistry book. That always makes me laugh too. That's like, this is how we're going to figure this out. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in the back of that Oldsmobile. <laughs> it's just
1: nuts. The whole thing is just insane. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure how he got the Oldsmobile working again. Yeah. Maybe there was stuff in the high school chemistry book for that. I don't know. I always forget (laughs) that it comes
1: back. There's a lot of things in this movie where I'm like, I have no idea how he got like the the car working with like the windmill. And it's like the helicopter blade spinning and killing skeletons. It's like how, I I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It's not, no, so, it's it's a movie not supposed with zombies. to make
0: sense. Yeah, no, there's there's magic and zombies in the book and, <laughs> you know, skeletons that are alive. And- and chainsaw. You know, like, time travel. Yeah. Like, we, we really shouldn't be picking nits about how, you know, the mechanics exactly. of this, ultimate that fell from the sky. If you're picking nits, you're not understanding the movie. <laughs> no, you've, you've missed it. Um, the cast, it's pretty limited, actually. Bruce, Bruce Campbell does double duty, of course, as Ash. And evil ash, right. which is fun, and I think is is great as both. I think he's believable as both. He's absolutely the star of this. I mean, I think the ver- the DVD version that I have of this is actually called Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. Like he's got that much top billing. Hmm. There's different versions of that. Yeah. Which uh, what, you watched it? Did you watch it on HBO Max? Yeah, I did. because yeah, I wanted to make a plug. There. I was like, it's on HBO Max, so it's really easy for People our listeners it, yeah. to go and, and go find it because you know it's not like probably at the top of most people's list at the... Wasn't on or whatnot, <laughs> <laughs> But it's there. It is now, yeah. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, people that you... You've seen Bruce Campbell, you've probably seen him in a bunch of stuff and didn't know. Have you seen the Spider-Man movies? He's in there, of course. Embeth mm-hmm. uh, Davis, um, she's actually plays Peter Parker's mom in the Andrew Garfield movies. Oh, That's I not did not know that. The thing I've ever seen her in. Uh, and then Ian Abercrombie, who plays like the old wise guy with the beard who's a strange one that guy he's he's been in a lot of stuff as well but other than that i'm like oh and bridget fonda has a small little part at the beginning as linda which is fun too because if you've seen the other movies there's three different lindas well it's all the same linda but it's played by different people because they don't care about continuity <laughs> or don't have the rights or both so that's a lot of fun yeah a small little cast i mean it, it's still even though this is a major hollywood movie even i mean it still is it's on you know, it's a universal film it still kind of feels like a college film, or a
1: very you know, much couple so. kids in
0: their backyard. Yeah, it feels like, and of course,
1: it feels like a little oh. above that. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just a little, just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Oh, and Ted Ramey. I forgot that. Yeah, Sam's brother, Ted Ramey, is also he plays multiple things. He he's a cowardly warrior. He's a he's also an smart clerk. He's the one that, well, why didn't you stay and all that stuff. He's in there a couple of times. You can have my steel, which that scene too reminds <laughs> me of like Lord of the Rings a little bit. Yeah. Like, and my hacks. Yes. So. L- little, little like, uh,
1: reminders of like other films, little inspirations here and there.
0: Yeah. Very nice. Um, other than that, um, I did mention, you know, the hero's journey as far as hero's journey goes, that it did. Progress. Ash's character did progress from the first film quite a bit, and it is worth watching the other films. I think. I, I think. I like Dead Dead by Dawn just fine. It's very. It's super bloody. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way, like we get the the gushing blood coming out of that pit. That happens a lot. Yeah. And of course, Ash cuts off his own hand, uh, which is fun. Um, and but it's kind of a horror comedy mixture. Where Evil Dead is like not supposed to be funny. No, but it is. <laughs> Um, yeah. But just to see Ash's character change, and you get that payoff, I think for for Army of Darkness. And I know there's, you know, there's a television show, um, Ash versus the Evil Dead that comes after this. But for me, this is this is the end. There's more, but yeah, this is as far as I, as, far as I'm concerned, this is where kind of where Ash ends up.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that you know the film overall is like a lot of fun. And that's the best thing I can say about it is I was entertained through the whole thing because it, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, there's kind of a, um, a, a prologue, like narration kind of, there's not much, <laughs> it, there's there's a little bit, but it pretty much jumps straight to it and kind of kicks off like right away. And it doesn't really let up the whole movie, like it's, it's chugging along, crazy things are happening. Uh, left and right. It was entertaining. It was funny. There's, I I don't want to say like good action, but like it was entertaining action. And that's, 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 (laughs) I really did enjoy the movie, but at the same time, it's like that it's, it's one of the most perfect examples of a good, bad film out there that I can think of off the top of my head where it is not to like, for me, it's not an award winner, but, It was like a a perfect popcorn film, a perfect summer movie where you're going to put something on and have a a big bowl of popcorn and a beer and just forget about everything else and just enjoy the roller coaster for like an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, it's pretty lean. You know, I think it's it's like 82 minutes. Yeah, it's It's pretty short. It's really short. Even the director's cuts like fifteen minutes longer. Yeah, and there's a couple more things in there. But like I said, I like I like this version better. So there's there's really no wasted space. So if you're gonna if this you know if you're gonna force someone to watch a movie, you're like, hey, I want a movie for you to watch. This would be a pretty good one to go with because mm-hmm. they won't have to wait very long, and there's no downtime. Yes. Yeah, the payoff is it, it comes quick. Yeah, and it ends in that great scene in the ass part, which <laughs> I love so <laughs> very much. Held king, baby. You know, and it's funny you mentioned. Um, I'm moving in, into our our final thoughts. I think we're we're naturally wrapping up. Uh, is that it? Actually, did win the Saturn Award um, for best horror film in '94. Did it really? I mean, that yeah. I mean, that's not hmm. it's not an Academy Award. No, it's not a super prestigious award. But it still did win something, and it is still, you know, at almost 30 years old now, still held in pretty high esteem, at least in the nerd community. So that's fun. Yeah. I mean, I I get it because it is tremendously fun. It's a fun movie, people. If you haven't seen it in forever, it's on HBO Max. It's not hard to find. It's definitely worth a rewatch, I think.
1: So as we close, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Email us at readingbetweenreels at gmail.com or use the Speakpack app on our website.
0: And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast catcher. We'd love to hear your feedback and it really helps us get the word out about the podcast. And of course, if you haven't yet, please join our Facebook group. It's a safe place to share your thoughts and discuss all things related to movies.
1: One last thing, our next episode will be a review of Dr. Strange. Send us an email or voicemail about your favorite moments from the movie and we'll share them on the next episode.